0: Tell you, who wants a pot of coffee? I just make coffee. Hey, it, huh? You want a cup of coffee? Sure, there you go. Who wants coffee? Anybody else want coffee? Who wants coffee? And now it's time for the man with the caffeine. The new tropics for the brain. It's coffee with Mike. Hang in, hang tight, grab your cup, and let's get this thing started. Time for the man with the caffeine. The new tropics for the brain. It's Coffee with Mike. Hang in, hang tight, grab your cup, and let's get this thing started.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to Java Chat. This is Coffee with Mike, and today I have the pleasure of sitting with David Hennessy. Let me make this clear. It's not that Hennessy, although that would be cool, but it's a different Hennessy and actually this is going to be really interesting um when you hear his story i believe and i'm going to let him share it for the most part but this is a this is a this is an interesting story and an interesting gentleman david thank you for joining us on java chat
2: my pleasure michael yes my life is a bit diverse to say <laughs> least.
1: <laughs> yeah we were just talking about that a little bit on the pre-show and um David comes from a very interesting background. He's he's been to numerous places on on this planet. He currently resides in France, south of France, as it were. Uh, But his story, where he's gotten to where he's at today is, is quite interesting. Give us a little background on yourself, my friend. Share with us who you are and where you're from.
2: Yes. Well, for those people who are not familiar at all with me, I was born in Dublin, Ireland. And I don't have a very strong Irish accent right now. But if I was in Ireland, it comes right back, which is just absolutely amazing. When my knowledge and awareness of how our brain works and how our mind works, it's like we make a shift, a mental shift. Even the English language that I use in Ireland changes the phrases, the swear it. words. Oh, I yeah. That. But like there's a different version. And then I moved from Ireland to Canada and uh, spent another chunk of my life and now I currently live as you mentioned there Michael in the south of France and I really appreciate everybody that's listening so that's where I've, I've spent many many years of my life in each of those countries and I've also traveled to I think it's 23 different countries so everything from uh, places like uh, Romania, to Jordan, to Egypt, to northern Pakistan, which is unusual for people to visit. Uh, mm-hmm. And I visited and i spent time in the hip northern Pakistan area, which is with the Himalayas. I was hiking in the mountains there. So not the average countries, average places. Oh. And in those cases, I was traveling as a hardened backpacker. So carrying all my own stuff and traveling, really feeling the local culture and experiencing what you don't see in the media. Oh, that's yeah. something that I find very interesting.
1: That's, that's huge. When you can go out and, and I have other friends that say, the more you travel, the more you become aware of the rest of the world. It's not, yes. it's not always just a little window that we see on a daily basis. So For sure. yeah. Um, so you currently you, you're, what do
2: you currently do now? Okay. The focus of my work, uh, is really br- giving people the core principles of health and wellness. I developed a program back in 1999, which I called the Wonder Technique, and it's been evolving ever since then. And in fact, as well as evolving, I've been, I like to say, crystallizing the ideas, like take a piece of um, coal and making it into a diamond by being more assured and confident of the information I'm sharing. And the, one of the examples would be when I started in, in 1999, the very first uh, event that I did was actually in a high school, 160 students, all adolescents, which is a great test because most of my work is being with people directly in person doing conference work, uh, which a lot of people when they work in the coaching industry, they're usually one-on-one or maybe online nowadays, but my experience has been directly with people. That did change in the last year or so, which those people listening are aware of what happened in the world. So it brought me to Meet Yourself, Michael, and and be having the (laughs) honor to be on your show. So because I'd never done podcasts before and I hadn't really touched, you know, doing online work. So that really was a nice experience. It's been very positive. Where my work is mostly the wonder technique, to go back to what I was mentioning there, 20 years ago, the importance of sleep, for example, people knew about it, they talked about it, but nobody was really embracing it and really understanding it. And all the different parts of the wonder technique touches on different core principles of our health and well-being, whether it's exercise, whether it's our state of mind, whether it's nutrition, which I like to call delicious, nutritious food, because you're looking at the idea that it's not just food that you know that's good for you. But that food, it's actually enjoyable for you to eat, because I do believe that there's a very important impact on how we approach, for example, foods by our state of mind and how we approach it. If a person, you know, says I'm going on a diet, but they feel like they're being coerced into it, or they have to do it, or if a person's doing a physical exercise they don't really enjoy because someone said they should do it, or for example, their friends are all runners but they don't like running. It just sets up kind of a barrier inside our mind. And sure. I believe that for myself, like I love to hike and recently I got into rock climbing and I really love doing rock climbing. And nobody has to convince me to go out and do these activities. The side effect of these activities is my physical well being. But it's not the first pathway so I, I remind people through the wonder technique at uh, a very fundamental basis to find things that they really love to do and to embrace them as different parts of their lives and recognizing that we're all in a constant process of personal development and the more we develop ourselves the more we are fulfilled in all areas of our lives and i believe all of it as i like to say is holistic it's all interconnected you if you are off centered because of your diet because of your lack of exercise because of your lack of hydration your lack of sleep it is very difficult to be centered in relationships mm-hmm. those people you you know your children your family your work colleagues how can you be and people sometimes you know what it's life is challenging and i recognize that but we need to remember always the fundamentals as we move forward we need to have a strong foundation And my long-term goal is to give those principles to everybody so they don't have to focus on the details. They can just explore their life as they want it to be.
1: There had to be one hell of an epiphany in the midst of all of this, that this popped up, this wonder technique. How did you come about designing this?
2: Yes, in fact, I believe, well, I, I know where originally the, the Wondertaining started was in the 90s when originally my mom was, had cancer. She had two bouts of cancer. And during the time when she had the cancer, uh, I was working with her to help sil- simplify the process of her understanding the medical opinion she was getting, whether it was a nutritionist, a naturopath, doctor. I, I, full disclosure, I always say this, I wasn't the only person around, but I was a person who has always been massively curious. And, I, and when I spent the time with my mom and she was, you know, when somebody's going through a medical crisis, they're not thinking as clearly. They don't have, a, 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 they're, they're stressed out. The stress messes with our decision-making capacity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remind people Michael that are I call resilience in advance the tools that you need to have in your life in difficult situations you need to learn them before you hit that situation mm-hmm. you need to buy a fire extinguisher before you ever have a fire hopefully you don't have yep. one in your home you need yep. jumper cables in your car before the battery but you mm-hmm. know we need to take care of our health and well-being before we hit a crisis and i've hit physical crises in my life like i at one time i fell in a rock climbing accident and what happened, I wasn't able to walk for six months, but the tools I used going through that experience were tools I'd learned ahead of time. Mm. So it's really, really hard in, the, in a life experience to learn things right where in the, in the midst of it, to change everything. So to go back to the, it, when my mom rec- started to recover from cancer, I started to look at my own health and well-being and tried to think about how can I make this simple, what I've learned? and I mean, I went to a university in psychology too, but I never knew how to integrate things. Mm. But I knew one thing, when I was in university, I created a lot of acronyms and images to help me remember things, simple tools. Like w- when we, we, we know of different ways, images and things, we can say, how can I remember stuff? Because we have lots of stuff going on. So I started to create images and acronyms and log ideas and read the scientific journals, try and simplify them understand better about health and well-being now i say health and well-being but this is it's more than that because when i talk about personal development it switches all the different domains but health and well-being is is underneath all of these areas and so i started to create a system that the first time i tested it out was in a public f- situation where then i realized people they really loved what i was sharing but i was sharing it too complex so mm. then i started to distill everything down into like the wonder technique, which is, is a teaching acronym that I use. And then inside of that, there's more and more acronyms. And for example, I created recently a program called how to find and follow your purpose. And inside of that program, the words purpose has, is an acronym. And I talk about like in that program, give an example, those people listening, when you make an agreement with yourself, you make a pact. Okay. It's an agreement with yourself, right? And that's your pr- uh, pact. Is is an acronym for your purpose. You keep uh, avoidance, commitment, and tools. So I'm and, empowering people that are listening to take information that they can easily remember because it's attached to something. Like when I learned the French language. It wasn't people randomly giving me words and then I was just kind of speaking the language. I started it by attaching French words to English words I already knew. And I learn French language better when it's on a subject matter. Surprise, surprise, that is of interest to me, right? (laughs) (laughs) We learn about things that we have a passion for. So I had a reason to remember the information. So my accent in French is not great, but if I said to somebody, you know, somebody said to me car in English and I said voiture en français, I could attach the two words together. So I started to build a vocabulary that way. And from my knowledge of health and well-being, I started to build systems to make it easier for me to remember and what became systems for other people over time to adapt everywhere from the youngest six years of age. Cause I worked in a school in, in British Columbia with children with cognitive challenges. That's what they they call it. And I think these children were amazing. And that group was between six and 16 years of age. And I remember a lady that was at one workshop and she, she proudly put up her hand and said, I'm 88. So that's how I know the oldest person that was present, but that it's not like I, people say, you know, marketing, you should have a niche group I go against that because I believe that the principles apply to everybody. So, uh,
1: so so there are certain, there are certain industries or certain, um, yeah, certain industries where the avatar tenant does not apply. mm -hmm. Um, And if you're in coaching and you're doing certain things, and I've met numerous coaches, um, one of the biggest ones that, um, that I remember was Brendan Bouchard. Um, Yes. Whoever, who everybody knows he's a high performance coach he does all of his i, I was at one of his uh, seminars yes he specifically said as a high performance coach uh you don't have an avatar because you have no idea who needs what you have until you actually sit down and talk with them yes and and, and he breaks that same mold too so for for me i i'm as much as marketing, it does have that as one of the, as one of the points that if you're in a certain niche, obviously you're, you're going to have to have a target market. Um, but when it comes to health and wellness, I just don't see that unless you want to super specialize in certain things. And in your case, what I'm hearing is honestly the 101 of life and living, which yes. is being aware of your health and, and the whole thing around, you know, learning before you get there. Um, you don't go out on a hike without trying to figure out what that hike's like, seeing who else has already been on that hike. I mean, unless you're a trail cutter, that's different, but if you're just, if you're going backpacking around, you know, the Alps, you don't want to take the wrong trail and end up someplace. And you're still in shorts and you're up on the top, on the mountain tops. They're not exactly a smart idea to go without thinking first, right? Yes. So killer. So you've developed this wonder technique. Yes. Uh, It's obviously worked because you've been using it and it has evolved. How has it evolved and what's it been turning into?
2: Okay. So great question. It originally started out just at the core six core principles of the winter technique. And now what it has evolved is that I've taken pieces of it and expanded it more. And there's crossover between them. For example, In the last year, I developed a number of mini courses, and there's 10 of them right now. There will be more. One of them is, as I mentioned already, is how to find and follow your purpose. Another one is how to sleep well and wake up energized. Another one is how to focus and concentrate your mind so you can achieve your goals. So they're all for people who say, well, I want to focus on that area. And what I do is I draw from the pool of my experience, and I bring it into that area because In that way, as you mentioned, the word like an avatar might be something that somebody wants to focus on, but there's a ripple effect in everything. Because when you sleep well and wake up energized, when you practice the core principles of getting better sleep, it impacts everything. It impacts your ability to focus. It impacts your ability to make better choices. When people are trying to work on their, you know, what am I going to do in my life? What am I, uh, how am I going to manage things? How can I improve my relationships? All of these things come together. So, when if somebody was to do every single one of the programs I have, they will see an actual crossover because, as I mentioned before, it's very holistic. So, that has been the evolution that I've split things up, but I still keep them connected. And I keep an eye and I'm happily, I smile when I listen to other people's research and podcasts when I see we affirmation of things that I've learned years ago and that keeps on getting piled on because I've often wondered and I'm happy to take criticism and my best friends they always, I always say listen if I say something crazy tell me I want to know I want to be able to you know check am I am I saying does this make any sense like stop me and, and it always comes back Michael to fundamental things like I was on a gentleman's podcast and he said to me about you know what is the core principle of relationships and I said well sitting down and and actually taking the time to listen to somebody, sounds so obvious, and not interrupting and not formulating questions while you're listening to them. This is mind control, okay? Because most people, and I know too, I'm always thinking, oh, how can I answer that? But in fact, to really hear the person, I need to shut everything down. Mm -hmm. And And you know what? The example he actually gave to me, Michael, was I had a challenge with somebody, and I don't know how to resolve it. And I said to him, Well, when is the, did, did this happen this morning or this afternoon? Because of the time change, I, I was in France, of course, it's evening time. And he said, No, this happened a couple of weeks ago. And I paused and I was thinking, Okay. So time, a lot of time has passed since the event happened. Yeah. And, I, and he wanted to know, What can I say to that person? And I said, I don't know if there's anything you can say to them, but w- what you can go to them and say, How do you feel about what happened? And get them to speak.
0: Uh, yeah. Now
2: that sounds very basic and simple, but it's extraordinarily powerful. Those it's also really—it's
1: also really uh, contradictory to to natural tendencies because humans love to respond rather than to
2: yeah,
1: uh, th- rather than to listen. It's mm. we see it everywhere. Uh, as an example, and this is this is kind of uh, off the side, mm. but there's a comedian mm. that used to have that as part of his his act that isn't it funny how when you're in a group of people and somebody's telling a story and the only thing you can think about is hurry up and finish your story i want to share mine (laughs) and this is this is a human tendency i want to Mm -hmm. share i want to share but as you've mentioned listening without thinking allows for a better experience for you to understand what that human experienced because may not it may not be a a a download it may just be a sharing of an experience there's a nugget in everything yes but it takes a second to actually hear it before you'll ever get that nugget otherwise you're just trying to dump your load on everybody too and that's kind of yeah inconsiderate you know putting it nicely yeah The, the skill of listening is something that oh and this is another thing that 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 and here i go look at me um here's It triggered something else. Yeah, Yeah. it triggered something else in my head too, um, with regards to listening skills. Humans are very um, self centric.
2: Okay.
1: To the point that they forget what it means to listen, and albeit a a basic a basic uh, rule of life is listen first. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's an eighteen year old every day being it's just just making 19 there's a 19 making 20 there's a 20 making 21 and and this is every day and i i can pretty much guarantee every day a new bit of wisdom is opened up when somebody goes oh maybe i should have listened better or maybe i shouldn't have said that maybe i should have waited maybe i shouldn't have waited isn't it amazing that humankind is consistently learning and that the very things that you're teaching They've been taught, but they were never passed down.
2: Isn't that weird? That's very interesting how you've <laughs> looked at it. And for those people listening, it, it, it takes mental energy to do this. It's not easy. There's and there's multiple areas in my life that I have my own form of meditation. I'll give you an example in a second as to how I train my mind. Because they might be wondering when you're talking, you were sharing there, Michael. I'm listening to your words as best I can so I can listen to you and not hear the chatter in my mind that's one way to work on it and one of my examples is, is that when I rock climb that's my meditation because if my mind is wandering if I'm not paying attention I'm gonna fall and <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about I mean I've only been rock climbing for about a year and a half but when you're what would it be 35 meters about 105 feet up and you're pinning in you're climbing on French's on tattoo so are lead climbing you are, yes, you may not fall that far, but far could be 10 feet, but it's enough to bang you up or it could be 30 feet if the pin doesn't work or something, but you need to be really in that experience. And the more I control my mind, because for those people listening, they might think, oh, that's easy for David. But honestly, I was afraid of heights. I used to be afraid of heights and I've worked through that process by controlling my mind and controlling the chatter. So every time I rock climb, I'm working more on that. But that pivots off into my own life. My ability to control my mind allows me, I hope that my friends and those around me be a better judge than I am of myself, my capacity to listen and to focus more in many different parts of my life. That's so, so that's what I, I, everything, I see. Everything is interconnected. Oh,
1: yeah. I agree. I, that, and that that just that alone, just being able to, because I'm acrophobic. Um, okay. and, and at 200 and, 215 pounds... If I fall 10 feet, I'm going to pull that second pin out.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: might not go so well for me as it might
2: for you. <laughs> awesome.
1: But you make, you make a killer point when you've worked through the challenges of the mind. Because our mind is, is protective. It's always yes. going to do what it can to protect our, our, our being. Climbing up that 105-foot or 105-meter uh, rock is not natural. Not to the human mind. Why in the world would you not just go take the stairs?
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: and I'm not a bird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, if we were meant to fly, we would have wings. Uh, and here yes. we have these huge, how many tons of, of, of metal and plastic flying through the air at, yes. m- at amazing speeds. Yes. It takes, as you mentioned, a training of the mind to go beyond what we think our limits are. I honestly don't, I still don't think enough of humanity understands just exactly how strong and powerful our minds are. We're still not there yet. We're getting there. There's some awakenings happening. Yes. And, and the more we begin to realize what we are capable of and that the thoughts that we manifest can do anything both for ourselves and our outside world. If we can get to that kind of consciousness, I think a lot of the issues this planet is having Ah, uh, will begin to will begin to wane, if you will, start going away. At least that's my hope. I don't know. I don't know if that's what you're seeing. I don't know if that's what you're coaching. But that's that's my hope.
2: I would say I want to say that there's a lot of wisdom in what you just said, Michael, because when we believe things are possible, as human beings, we're really good at limiting ourselves. You oh, say yeah. I'm not able to do that, <laughs> but when you look at nature. You don't see the wind say, I can't blow harder. You don't see the water say, I can't go further. You don't see the sun say, I can't burn brighter. But as humans, we pull ourselves back. And yet I have some incredible experiences in my own life because as one of my good friends, she always says to me, David, you are the wonder technique. It's not just you're sharing it. I practice what I share and I keep on, it's, it's, there's work involved. There's less work over time because I've developed habits And those habits come into place. We can have good habits. We can have bad habits, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and do I have the commitment? I love what uh, Ken Blanchard wrote in the one minute manager. I think it was 1986 when I Mm -hmm. read it. And he wrote in the book about some people are interested and some people are committed. Are you interested in learning about personal development or are you committed to it? Well, I'm committed to it and I'm committed to it on the basis of being the best example I can be of myself the same way to be the best example I can be to my children, but My job is, my responsibility as a human being is to do the best that I can do. And that removes me as a problem in the world. Mm. And everybody has the capacity to do incredible things. And my recognition from that is not only from work and the impact I've seen from my work on other people's lives and other people's work that has impacted our people, but that's for myself. For example, in 2018, I mentioned a little bit earlier that I had been in a rock climbing accident, this was 2014. And after I recovered and I was able to walk again, I eventually got back into um, hiking. And then a friend of mine called me, I, I remember this so very clearly, March the 7th, 2018, he called me and said, David, I'm thinking about doing a marathon. And I went, really? And I went, like, I don't run. And I said, uh, you know, because I hike. I just, I don't run. It's a completely different thing. Oh, yeah. And, and he he said, are you interested? And I said, well, tell me more. So I was willing to listen. And, and he said, well, it's in Greece. where the original marathon. From Marathon to Athens. And you end wow. in the Olympic Stadium. And I said wow. to him, as wild as I am, I said, I'm in. And I was like... <laughs> But it was Uh, six months later, it was November the 11th, the same year, and I'd never ran. And the first time I went out, then actually it was the next day I ran and and I ran, I think, 1.7 kilometers. uh, So it was like a mile. I was like, this is not easy. (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) But what I did here, and this is valuable, hopefully, for the listeners to see, I did a very different form of training for a marathon. I used what I call the compounding effect. I accumulated distance over time, more and more and more to the fact that Okay, pardon me. Uh, I remember the numbers easier in kilometers because I was training against kilometers, but Fine. we can we can re- revise it. It's 42 and a half, roughly in kilometers a marathon. Normally they say don't do more than 32 kilometers yeah. before it. And I did 36 before. Why? Because psychologically I thought on the day, if I've got to run 10 kilometers more, which is roughly 25% more. So if you did 18 miles instead of 26 you're thinking that's a long distance to finish. But if I just had in my mind, I just got to do an extra six. That sounds achievable. Yeah, but here's sure. what I wanted to share, Michael. Three weeks before, it was in the beginning of October, I woke up one morning and not because of running. I don't know. You know, when you sleep and sometimes you get a kink in your neck. Oh, yeah. I, ha- I woke up and I had it. My knee was hurting. My right knee was hurting. And I was like, oh my God, I've got three weeks left. Normally, this is when you finish up most of your training. Mm-hmm. And I had the decision to make. Do I start running again on my knee or do I stop training now, go to Athens and do the run? So what I decided to do was walk, move around, but not run anymore. Keep the level of training I had, But every single day at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day, I visualized myself running. I looked online and saw maps of the route, the nice. finish line and everything. And I literally like, high-level athletes to, I trained my mind to believe it was possible. And it was quite hilarious. So on the day when I got there and started to run, I went with three other friends. That was when I found out that part of the marathon in in going from marathon to Athens is uphill. I trained on flat ground. I didn't even know that. And I'm really grateful that one of my friends said to me, you should carry a hat because I'd always trained early in the morning. So I wouldn't get the sun because being Irish, I'm not the person who wants lots of sunshine and I speak for myself, not all Irish people. But so, <laughs> so it was like I had the hat and I carried a water bottle and then another s- sideball uh, kind of digression. But it, it was important. One of the things I learned about my training was is that if I fasted a little bit before the, the, mar- the, before the marathon, before my training, I had way more energy oh, yeah. because my body was in what's called an anabolic state building energy as against a catabolic catabolic state breaking stuff down. That was a phenomenal experience for me to recognize and that opened up another area in my life where I realized later on uh, and this is 2018 now it'll be 2021 is that how my body can function by paying attention, not only to something that I learned in school, because I also did training in nutrition and that was about the quality of food and the quantity of food, but the timing of when I eat Yeah, that has. And that's something that when I started the wonder technique 20 years ago, I had no awareness of the importance of the timing. I had awareness of the quality and quantity. So this is something I brought in, but for the marathon, I completed it. I was able to continue walking after the marathon as against seeing people that were collapsing on the ground, because my goal was I would stop. Even if I was 10 kilometers before the end, Michael, if I felt physically, I was gonna hurt myself. My goal was to complete it without any injury, no back pain, no knee pain. And I'm very, very happy that I did.
1: That's, that is amazing. If anybody hasn't under, if you don't know the original story of marathon, go learn it. You'll have a really good idea of what, what David had to face. Um, with regards to that whole run and and kudos for for doing that, brother. That's that's not easy. Um, I love the way you approached it though, too. Just 25% more, honestly, in any venture, whether that's physical, mental, entrepreneurial, because we've got a lot of entrepreneurs. It's like, guys, if you're looking at doing a business and you know it's going to take just another 25% beyond what you've already been putting in and you've been doing this this whole time. It's not that much more. Honestly, it's easier to humans can take things in chunks. It's easier to exactly. bite it off in smaller bites. Right. How to eat an elephant? Uh, so the idea of this is what David did was he took it and said, okay, I've already got this part. Just just one more chunk. And I got this and he did, he got it. And that I, I think that's a huge point that most people forget because a lot of times the whole overwhelm thing happens still quite often to this day, no matter what age we're at. Um, yes. and I, and I think it's a, I think it's a better way to frame anything that seems overwhelming. Had to think had that happened to me yesterday with a different situation. And when I looked at it, I was like, well, I really can't do anything about it right now. The moment I know what is there, I'll be able to deal with it at that time. And it still hasn't availed itself. So I'm just kind of sitting in the back, hanging out, waiting. Guys, we're going to take a short, quick 30-second break. And when we come back, we're going to go digging into, you know, the why. Hanging out with David Hennessy. Uh, we were talking a little bit about the wonder technique and some of the experiences that he's had uh, in his past moving to today uh, we always like to find out what's the why why do people do what they do and you know uh, a side of the family which is always a wonderful reason why there had to have been other things that inspired um, uh, did you have children when you first came up with the wonder technique or was that just something no, that oh, No. so so children. this so this started it started as a as a true inspiration, but what started that? I mean, what
2: really, what really flicked that light? It goes way back because I've always been immensely curious about how things work actually as a, as a young teenager um, when I was in Canada. I took apart engines and built cars, what we would call hot rods. People yeah. in Europe don't necessarily know them. I built a small block Chevy engines and things like that. So oh, love it. I loved it. I don't want to digress and start talking about <laughs> Holly carburetors and stuff, but I worked on those sort of things. And I loved taking things apart and figuring out how things worked. And it happened to when I got out of high school and I got into university. And I was thinking about becoming, well, actually, people were saying you should maybe go into engineering because you're really good on mechanical stuff. And I ended up changing in in a class, a chemistry class, to a psychology class. And I fell in love with the complexity of the human mind and wondering how could I take this incredible information that we know, and this is, of course, a long time ago when I started over 20 years ago and bring it into everyday life because there's a lot of things for example when you hear Michael Gladwell some of his bestsellers some great books that he's brought out he talks about information that I studied in school 20 years ago no disrespect to Michael at all but the the timeline between information that we study in the scientific world by the time it gets to society is very very long and yet some of those things can be life changing and very very simple things. But it, it's like, for example, you hear more and more people nowadays talking about the power of eating fruits and vegetables. When I first started, I looked at, okay, I'm looking at all these different phytonutrients, plant nutrients, or phytochemicals, which is a true name, the plant chemicals, how they work in the human body, examples, beta carotene, uh, lutein, all these different ones. How can I make it that science, which is really valuable, easier for people, even young people, to embrace in their lives? And I came up at the time when people started to talk about eating colorful meals, I wrote some articles about following the colors of the rainbow. So red, orange, yellow, green, indigo, and violet. And I I had a little one there. What do all the colors of the rainbow condense into? White, so not to leave out the white foods, garlic, onions, et cetera. And said to people, why not when you go shopping, instead of going to the grocer and saying, hey, what do you got with beta-carotene inside of today? And then they look at you and go, I have no idea what you're even talking about. You just look for orange foods, like, and when, you know, you're looking for something, um, I heard there's somewhere, you know, somebody said there's a, there's a particular, food uh, fruit or vegetable that's really good for, for men, for their prostrate. Tomatoes. Okay. But, <clears> so, so like, it's like, you're looking for the color red and they're expressing themselves as like nature expresses a certain way. So I started doing events with people and saying, okay, as part of the food thing, when you go shopping, think of the colors of the rainbow. That's simple. Now there's plenty of other people that have embraced that idea and ran with that idea, but it's just an example of how a scientific information can be made simple to apply in everyday life. Because that's the burden is moving things from where they exist in science. And when we don't pay attention to science, we don't learn a lot. Like I learned recently the impact of GPS systems would not have been able to be discovered and they're very valuable for us nowadays Unless Einstein had written the theory of relativity, understanding the impact of gravitation and how it changes orientation. So that's just an example of how science comes into everyday life. The idea of microwaves came from space studies. And, and you know, so there's a lot of science that's extraordinarily valuable. And we've seen the movement of science over the last year and how things, when they really get focused on, we can see a massive difference. So but the big thing is the transition, Michael. It's how to get it from A to B, and also to get it for it's not stressful. I mean, how difficult it is for someone to say, think of the colors of the rainbow. Now, when you say just colorful, to me, that's not enough. That's Mm. a personal, like people think colorful. Okay, um, I will just get colorful stuff. No, no, no. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, plus white kind of thing. And now I will say there's an interesting line here, and people can relate to it. One of the plants that is very popular in nature is green-colored plants and whiter green is the chlorophyll right. and what does chlorophyll do it purifies our blood yep. and nature is saying hey There's lots of us here green. There's a purpose behind this. You definitely need to eat green foods. And what do we see coming out again and again in the science is the importance of different types of green foods. So I don't wanna lean too much into the food stuff, but I've, I've looked at that and I've looked for, how can I bring this to the table for people so that they can adapt this in their life? So every part of the wonder technique, whether it's about your state of mind, whether it's about exercise, whether it's about getting better rest, whether it's about improving your focus, I really, really try and make it so that it's very simple. Now you asked me, this is supposed to be about where's my why. My why is to simplify things, to make things as easy as possible and make it so that people can just do it without concern Mm -hmm. and feel that they can easily look back at their day and say, okay, I, I did this and build upon what they've done already.
1: Share an example of when you've seen somebody get that aha moment when you've done this for them.
2: Okay, the I, I, example, and I will do, the one that pops right into my mind was uh, a Lady Mary who came to one of my events and she showed up second time. And before, actually, you know, as a, as a business note, when you, when you work as a professional speaker, a very smart thing to do is to greet the people that are coming to the event and say hello to them because there's a couple of things happen. You build rapport, yeah. you get to meet the people. Although that's my intention is to be friendly. It's just who I am. And you also ask questions and, you know, what's of interest to you? Why are you here? Because people are giving up their time to be present. Like yourself, Michael, you are giving me a piece of your life by giving me your time, by giving me this opportunity on your podcast. So to value your time, to value people listening, I'm trying to share as much as I can. Mary showed up at an event for the second time, and I kind of recognized her. I went up and I started chatting with her, and she said something which I thought was a big statement. She said to me, David, you changed my life. And I'm like, that's not possible my head, my, my head, you know, in my mind, was like, how could I have done this? And she said, well, because you finally convinced me about the value of drinking water, the importance of hydration, because during the seminar, you gave multiple reasons as to why I needed to hydrate my body. And I had never seen those reasons before. People had told me to drink water. They talked about the story, which is scientifically, I've never seen a study that proves, you know, six to eight glasses of water a day. I'm of the, the, the belief system that it relates more to your body size, your activity, your altitude, now, and not your attitude, but your altitude, yeah. like where you're in the air, the air temperature and such. And she said, I embrace water. And ever since then, headaches that I had, full disclosure, I'm not a doctor, I'm not trying to pretend to be one, but she told me that the headaches that she used to have went away because she hydrated herself. Now, the most interesting part about this here, Mary was a nurse, that was her profession. Really? I never made, the yeah, I never made the assumption that what? I didn't know who was in the audience. Sure, she, was, she was in a group actually of community, um, uh, community association of people that were family services. So I had no idea who was in the audience, but they're all there because they want to bring information out to families. Sure, when sure. she came to the first event and the second event was another community association that had me come in and speak. And she showed up again. That was an aha moment that I saw for as an example to you, which is like. That's really good.
1: That blows my mind. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, an RN did not yeah. really want to embarrass. Okay, so. Okay, I can give you another
2: example that's even more recent, but it doesn't have <coughs> the same impact. I met, I, I met a lady the other day in a pharmacy who's a nurse, and I told she said, she told me that the people's response to COVID, this is date stamping the podcast, she says and it's not related to their, the capacity for people to be impacted negatively by COVID is not related to the level of stress that they have in their life. And she told me this and I was like, hang on a second here. You know, you're telling me that the suppression of our immune system, which is typically done by stress in their lives is not gonna make somebody more susceptible to a virus. And she's a nurse. So sometimes people that work in the medical industry, they're very, very wise. And I know plenty of people in the industry, but sometimes there's a disconnect between what makes sense because we now know that stress impacts the power of our needs. Oh, absolutely. So the the fact that a nurse, right? 2021, this was this month, June, Mm -hmm. that she told me this when I was talking with her because I was asking her about, you know, how she was dealing with the stress of people coming in. And she said, well, you know, people get really sick and uh, we have no idea why. And, uh, and I said, do you ever look at the, the, the experience of their life outside of
1: ethics? Don't.
2: Yeah. I, I was surprised. I was as surprised as you were.
1: There. It, it's well, to me, it's because of where I live. It's not as much of a surprise as you might think. But there's there there is that disconnect that people have forgotten. And in the allopathic world, it's it's still always symptom symptom fix the symptom and eventually it'll go away. Um, in the holistic sense, it's where's the symptom come from? Where's the point of origin? What is it? Is it stress? And I, I have friends that are naturopaths homeopaths and that's really the first questions they ask what's going on in your life right now yeah i did know a couple of do's what the allopathic sides that went functional same story they'll ask you what's going on right now what are you doing in life where are you working how are you doing and 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 their patients they tell me that their patients kind of look at them kind of huh why would you want to know that i'm, I'm feeling sick doc it's like oh yeah i get it but what's going on we need to know how you got here i mean i i think there's a I think there's a lot more to learn.
2: with response. There is, Michael, and it's actually surprised me. I spoke to one gentleman who is a cancer surgeon in the U.S., and he told me that his job he's working on, he's working on creating a business to help doctors, medical doctors, manage their stress. He says they're the most burnt out. Mm. And when he told me this, mm. I was like, darn, you're kidding me. I was like, 20 years ago, I heard about this when I started a wonder. technique. I didn't think it was getting worse. I thought it was getting better. So, I know that the world has got more challenging. There's a lot more impact, What do people want to say it's because of social media. But there's a lot more things that are different from when I was younger, and I recognize that. And I think we really need to get back to fundamentals and build from there. And one of the fundamentals that I like to share with people, if I can just throw it out on on the table here, is recognizing the importance of silence. <laughs> talking about just silence like yeah. like that's the part of the thing i mentioned to you when you're in conversation um, with somebody being silent a couple sitting together at a dinner table not feeling the need to fill the space with conversation and the analogy that i use is that when we listen to music there's the music and there's space between the notes if there was no space between the notes it would just be noise mm-hmm. so you imagine that in life, there is cycles through all the areas. Conversation goes up and down. The sun goes up and down. You know, there's all different cycles in our lives. We we have an up cycle, a down cycle during the day, depending on our chronotype. There's lots of things. But we go through cycles. And the sounds and then the lack of sounds, we need the silence. Yeah. And that silence actually gives us peace of mind.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. That's that's something that I had to learn. Um, having been in relationships, now being single, it's like, I never took those moments. I was always looking for noise okay. rather rather than moments of silence where I could settle. Cause our minds love being busy. Yes. And I, I think that is profound. Just finding a moment of, we, some call it silence, some call it stillness that place of calm so that our heads can get back into the game if you will um that's that's huge man
2: and it can be as simple to engage this idea to help people that if they're curious about exploring that i know your thoughts will come up but when you drive from a to b don't necessarily have a pot i mean i know a lot i love learning okay <laughs> people always say fill in that space with a podcast list you know I don't want to stop people listening to your show Michael but you know take a moment a piece of the time now, here's an example that I I will say to you when we talk about it I guess uh, towards the end there's a lot of free things that I give people that are interested in my work and one of the things I suggest to people is that you know when you dr- go in the car say you've got a half hour journey take at least the first 10 minutes no sound just be with yourself yeah okay and i would say if you're going home from work to allow yourself to shall we say if it's been a difficult day because there's always stuff to decompress the last few minutes of the journey for sure be in silence again so that you're you're kind of relaxed because if you even go from listen to a wonderful podcast something that the minute you get out of the car you're carrying that intensity inside and you won't be so available for receptiveness in the sense yeah. that if what happens right away one of your children grandchildren or your spouse comes running to you and you, you're like you're, your mind is still in a different space so you, that silence allows you to make a transition
1: I think a lot of people miss that um, and I, I, I dare say that some of what you've talked about is affected by the fact that technology has advanced advanced humans so far, but I I still am not quite sure that humans have caught up to the technology with regards to capacity. We can take the information, we can hear all of the, the, the noise, if you will, but if we don't take that moment of silence and reset, all we've done is allowed for a run-on sentence to continue. And how do we how do we discern what's right and what's what's real? It, it becomes real challenging.
2: That's another huge thing you just said, Michael. There's a lot of wisdom to what you said there because I've heard many a person. No, no, I've heard a few people say something similar to you that as humans we're still running on old software. Yeah. No disrespect. I mean, I'm human. I'm part of the package here, but the whole story is that the technology is pulling us one way, and we just need to embrace it. And the analogy I use is. When we eat food, we need to take time to digest it. At times when we're learning, for me, I will grab books, I'll be really into a book. I might get halfway through or I might finish that book. And I need to stop to digest what I learned. Because if I'm constantly, and this is one of the things that's in the little 10 tips guide that I'll mention that people can get, it's uh it's about being an eternal student, constantly on input. We cannot do this to ourselves mm-hmm. because things that we enjoy actually become a burden an artist cannot be doing paintings non-stop 24 hours a day any artist that's that's uh, listening may correct me but I know that I write a lot but I can't write constantly it's I need to allow to resource myself by taking time and I do this for me personally it's the rock climbing it's the hiking it's doing other things other than my work and that actually really helps nourish myself and I found that when I get my, if I allow myself to be pulled, and this is one thing that people are familiar with, with my work is that I'm not very active on social media because that is a pull on my time. And I believe that if at work and I invest my time most valuable, do I want to spend time posting on a social network or spend that time with my children? Hmm. Because that passes, this is a personal choice. That time passes so very, very quickly. This could be, you know, in relationship. Is this the best investment of my time? And how I look at that for those people listening is I go to the future and I imagine five, 10 years from now, and you can apply this on physical well-being. If I'm still in the same physical state that I am right now and I don't feel perfectly about how I am, what if I wait five years? Is this going to get better? Probably not. Is it going to get worse? Probably yes. Mm. So you go to the future, Michael, and for those people listening, and you imagine okay, this is the worst thing that can happen, or this is what I don't want to be, then you go back to this present moment in time and you build a gentle but a intentional goal plan as to how to eliminate the challenges that you have. Because like in relationships, we can't have better relationships in our lives if we're in the same person that didn't have the relationship work out at this moment in time. Because it's not about, I need to find somebody that has this, it's I need to grow So, I can be the person that attracts the kind of person I want. So, when I want to work on exercise and that, there's actions I need to take. But the key is here, as I go into simplification, is it's always to make sure that it's not something that's stressful. It's something that's joyful, something you really want to do. It's internally motivated, my friends. Like, really, it's got to be something you want to do. And if you're not internally motivated, if it's external, you will burn off in time. Yeah. You're not going to continue. You have to find it from the inside. It's an inside job.
1: I really, I really appreciate that that whole happiness is an inside job. I mean yeah. it's it's become a cliche, but it's insanely true. And I think the more that people would actually allow that inside job to occur through silence and through taking a moment to just as we like to say just chill. Yes. I think I think we would probably have a lot less stress. Life comes at us at a breakneck speed, right? And there's so many people that goes my life runs at a a series of eight WTFs a minute, you know. That's Yes. Well, it sounds mm-hmm. like you need to slow down a little bit and maybe take a moment to just let those eight WTFs take a take its own journey.
2: Yes. Cool.
1: Amazing stuff, my friend um, we're gonna take one more 30 second break you guys when we come back we're gonna we're gonna figure out where Dave's at where you can find him and what's next be back in okay. Welcome back Java chat Coffee with Mike um, Dave and I have been having cool little breaks here in between um, discussing things talking a little bit more about um, the effect of what it is that um, guests that come here on Java chat bring to the table um, and the variety that we have the different people that have have been on the on the show and dave brings another wonderfully clear perspective to how you can approach life um big biggest one for me is the silence part um, which i myself am guilty of not doing Um, and i think i think it's utterly huge for anybody who's listening go find that silence i even if you gotta walk out of your house for just a minute, thirty seconds, and just shut up. You know, I mean, and I don't mean your mouth. I mean your brain. Just go outside. And just shut up. Dave mentioned it, dude. Thoughts are gonna come up in meditation. You learn. You know, there's there's no such thing as shutting off your brain, but there's a way to allow thoughts to come up and pass by without hanging on to them. Humans love to glom onto shit, and that's not healthy, especially if it's a negative thought. The idea is to bring it up, acknowledge it, allow it, be grateful, and let it pass. When you do that, you change your energy, you allow yourself to come back down to a good vibration. You're not over too high, and you're definitely not too low. Does that make sense?
2: Yes, it does to me.
1: Yeah, awesome. Where your your practice right now is virtual, I'm assuming. You, you've, got a, yeah. you've got your own coaching Most program.
2: Coaching that way, and that's, that's a choice thing. Sure, sure. Because, absolutely. Uh, yes, I mean, I live in a country where I am bilingual, but I know that there's a, obviously when English is my first language, I touch the hearts of people that are English speaking. Mm -hmm. Uh, So most of my work is, yeah, extends out from where I am. Awesome. So I'm not limited in that way, which is great. I like that. I, I, in my intention in my own life, I designed it that way. I always wanted to mean that because I love traveling and I love learning from people. And if I designed and created a business, that would mean that I had to be stopped in one location. It wouldn't be the plan, so there was intention, as I mentioned uh, on the last section. Where do I want to be in the future? So I looked at that, and the pathway is not always simpler, but at least I'm going to where I want to go. Yeah, yeah, that's a- so. Uh, yes, you're, so that's where I'm in the south of France, but that's kind of doesn't matter. It could be on the moon, could be on Mars.
1: <laughs> exactly. So you and and what you have a website,
2: obviously people can. Come yes. To- Yeah, it's the, make things simple, thewondertechnique.com. That's the name of my my work, thewondertechnique.com, and people can find me online. And everything hangs from the Wonder Technique. On the website, people will find, there's a blog where I've written lots of articles, and that's for people who like to read information. There's a link to my YouTube channel so people can see video or audio, depending, because sometimes I've done some little audio segments. There's also a membership course, which I'll talk a little bit about in a moment, which is attached to the site and all the information comes from there. So they just need to look at one source for those people who just joined the podcast. Now you currently will not find me present on Facebook or Instagram and other sites. I do have a presence on LinkedIn, but I'm, I found that I'm trying to chase the algorithm and this is not my game. I'm i I'm, I'm all in for the human side and I know enough about technology. I'm not a, an expert on technology, but I've studied these sort of things to understand that it's not working to the way I work on things because I'm my goal is long term, very long term, not the short term grab a client kind of thing. And so I design my business, give people an option to find me through the wonder technique. I want to share with people before they exit to do something else, Michael, that when people join my readership, I also have a newsletter that's that's been going for. 15 years or so is that they get a number of items. Now, these are items I used to sell when I was um, doing workshops on that. And one of the ideas was inspired by my dad before before he died and I give them now away for free. So somebody becomes a a reader. A lot of times you go to website and they get a newsletter. Well here, and I just added something new um, on Monday, which is for example, the better decision-making checklist. So there's a list of 10 tips people can use to know when to make better decisions. Now, one of the things inside of that really quickly would be to know your chronotype. What time of day are you better able to make decisions? But there's a list there. There's also a better sleeping checklist. They get this for free. How to build your home environment, understanding the importance of temperature, light, and everything. And there's a whole bunch of items there. So it's a checklist. Literally, you can print it off or you can look on your computer and say, okay, am I doing these things? Okay. Then there's the... 10 steps to health and happiness. One of them is, for example, we talked a little bit about before, about not being an eternal student, mm. taking the time when you listen. If somebody decides after this podcast, Michael, I really liked that one thing that Michael said or David said, I would say, stop, look at that idea, embrace it, bring it into your life, work on it and see if it helps. And I will say to them, how to do that is not to put it into your phone, but get yourself an old-fashioned calendar or just a piece of paper, you know, and do five times six, 30, you know, of course, some months are 31, but you do some boxes on it every day you take that action that you're trying to make a habit of, cross it off. We love those things. Like you cross it off like, oh yes, I'm making the steps. I'm doing it. What I'm lifting more weights, whatever it is that you're trying to do. I'm, I'm eating something better. I'm actually listening in conversation with my spouse, those sort of things, you know, do it for yourself, but this is your, your way of doing it. So there's the 10 tips. There's also a book of quotations. And then the thing that my dad inspired you know, you, people, Will not be able to see this unless they see video but for example this little mini cards i don't know if you can see it. Yeah, you can see it now oh, that's cool did i send this to you i have to send you this stuff uh, I'll give you that's
1: that's cool i like yeah
2: you, for people to know this little card says i am peaceful in all i do now this is the template they get for free you print it off you cut it up you i, I like to say positive litter you can leave it on the bus put it in your spouse's um you know purse or wallet Give it to your children at a lunchbox. It doesn't matter. You're sowing little seeds. And there's a lot, there's a little bit of reflection going here. I am peaceful in all I do. This is present tense, positive. So it's programming when you read it. You're Mm -hmm. working on, overcoming the negative thoughts that you have that's included so there's there's more items there's a poster that's positive quotations you can print and put up in your home it's a whole package of things and i'm apt to add more things so that's that area there and if people want to invest a little bit of money and support my work the currently the program that i have for mini courses it's the equivalent of um ten dollars a month where people get access unlimited access to what's currently ten courses and each one of those courses, for example, mentioned it before, how to focus, improve your focus and concentration, so you can achieve your goals, is the title. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a video, there's a whole bunch of audio, and there's a workbook. Different dimensions of learning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a person could, if they want, they can sign up for one month. I don't mind on the, uh, on the pushing them, and they can do all ten courses they want. But the idea is that that resource is there. So it's a very small amount of money people can pay each month, and go back to it when they feel they need a tune up. On that particular area of their life, <clears throat> so how to how to find your purpose and uh, how to find and follow your purpose is another course that's in there. So you might decide that I'm going to take this little mini course, work through it, and then reassess in a year's time. Am I still really focused on what I want to do? So you go back and you test. Yeah, yeah. So that's also in the website. That's the mini courses that are there, and I don't make uh, money a bridge to entry for people. I want to make sure that it's available, but there's a little cost that helps me support my work because I got expenses too. (laughs) (laughs) Of course
1: Uh, you've built yourself a a good, built yourself a good business, my friend. Uh, Thank you. With everything that you've already accomplished, what do you think is your biggest challenge right now?
2: My biggest challenge came as a surprise in the last year where I found out, Michael, that I really thought that people had more tools in the toolbox than I anticipated. I was really quite shocked when people I talked to that, for example, involved in health and wellness, literally collapsed during the period of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. They did not know how to manage the stress. They had great tools, but they were not part of their lives. Mm -hmm. And hence the reason why I've been honored to be on so many podcasts And I've limited based upon balancing my time, how many (laughs) I've been on. I think so far, there's maybe 50 I've done in the last year. But I only just started to put the door open, available, because somebody said, hey, maybe you should try this out. And uh, when she invited me on her podcast, and thank you, Michelle, for that invitation, it started this happening. And my biggest challenge is, is, I wouldn't say it's a challenge, it's just I realized how much more work there is to be done, because I'd rather be unemployed in the sense that people don't need what I have to share and I say that honestly out of humility but I'm surprised that the fundamentals that some people say yeah I know of this but they don't practice them because those core things like we talk about silence taking the time to really listen literally taking the time to hydrate your body every day to the right amount there's talk but there's an interest but there's not a commitment and I think as human beings, when we really embrace something and dedicate ourselves, we make massive changes. And this will bring us as a planet to a level where we make clearer decisions for things that were not clearly decided over the last year. We will understand when we're taking better you know, care of our minds that no, that's not a good quality decision. Changing decisions all the time, like, mm-hmm. uh, for example, in the country where I'm living right now, where... The, the decisions were no, you're under confinement, no, you're not, we're changing this. Nobody really knew what was going on. Plus, they already had the stress of the experience, plus, they were in confinement. People were getting more stressed. And in mm-hmm. fact, I read that um, Santé Publique, the, the French uh, health uh, board, said that they had a 33% increase in people with depression and related illnesses. No surprise. Because people, when you take people off center and you make things very complicated for them to manage things, becomes harder. So my goal, Michael, is to continue till the day they put me in a box. If that's what it ends up being, is to sharing the principles of the Wonder Technique to help as many people as I can. Just get the core principles in place because then they can build epic lives. But I believe we're held back when we don't have those things in place.
1: A wrench, a hammer screwdriver, let's see, what else? Probably a a screw gun. Yeah. Simple tools that you would normally need for just about any job. Mm -hmm. Core principles that you're sharing. If most people don't know how to use the tool, they'll leave it in the toolbox. You're right. And it sounds to me like you're trying to get them to understand these are your simple tools. This is what they do. Just use them. Mm -hmm. Is that a fair...
2: Yeah, and this is to, to you know what I, I wouldn't recommend everybody to do what I'm doing because most people don't want simple; they want complicated.
1: I don't understand that. This I don't, I've never
2: got my ha- mind around this one. I couldn't figure that out. <laughs> this I this is what I've I've seen. I'm like, no, I'm actually looking for the simple approach. If you want complicated, I can't give it to you. So <laughs> I want to so make it easier. complicated.
1: You can you can make it as complicated as you want after you figure out the basics. Mm-hmm. Then you can go and get variated as much as you want. But if you're going to go variable right out the gate, you're no longer using the screwdriver with the flathead. Now you're trying to figure out what a star head looks like yes. for, those, for the mechanic heads. I understand. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, why would you do that to yourself? It doesn't, to me, it doesn't make sense. And, and yet we're all guilty of it. Don't get me wrong. But I think the better, the better part of living the simpler core principles usually the difficult shit handles itself
2: i agree and it's clearer when things go astray and they will go astray you know the car will break down the relationship will break down something will break down you might exercise and hurt yourself but you'll understand better because you'll Why? go back to the core principles and say yeah. okay this is what i was doing
1: it'll be a lot easier to figure it out i, th- I think that's and that's even in, again, going back to the entrepreneur side of things, when you have a business that's failed and I've had my, I've had my share mm-hmm. going back and just really looking at it and going, okay, everything was going fine until uh, that's what happened. And you, it, it, you don't angst over it. So, so long, you just kind of look at it and go, all right, well, we can't do that again. Cause obviously that doesn't work. But if you simplify it, like you said, when it's a simple core principle, when you're just looking at it, okay, what did I miss on the marketing? What did I miss on the operations? What did I miss on the fulfillment? Ah, that's what I missed in the marketing. That's what I missed on the sale. That's what I that's why they didn't buy. That's why they it's really not that hard.
2: And an example of what you just said in business, I remember Jeff Bezos saying this. He said he wanted to design a business where there was the most amount of choice for people
1: mm-hmm. at
2: that's the right. lowest price possible and the fastest delivery. How simple can you get? And what did he end up building? A bloody so, wealth oh, network. <laughs> exactly. And then you just look at what is the core principles. And when it talks to business, one of the things that I found when I talk to people in business and they say, and I go, hang on a second here. You're still working in marketing? Are you still in touch with your current clients that you have or past clients? Oh, no, we're looking for new clients. Your priority should be the people you're already in contact with, the people you know. If people are looking to meet people that could be wonderful relationships in the future, I would say, people you already know are probably that pathway. Friends that know you and love you are more likely to introduce you to friends of theirs that you don't know that could be the ideal spouse or partner, whatever you want to say. So, because there's, go where you are, be where you are and grow from there.
1: It's funny, I just I just got an email yesterday from one of the guys, I, I follow a lot of marketers and I sit on their, mm-hmm. their email lists just to see what they mm-hmm. write. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody recently resurfaced and the subject line was that 20 million is in your existing list. And I, and I, I, I already knew what the email was going to say. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, somebody has to go back and say this again. Come on guys. It's not that hard. <laughs> it's called referrals. <laughs> yes. People, like you said, people that know you and love you. Uh, they're going to shout from the rooftops if you ask them. Exactly. Uh, well, guys, that has, uh, that brings us to the end of this this fun time i i I call this one a fun time because i i got to learn and i got to share and i got to hang out with somebody again that's amazingly cool seriously thank you for coming and sharing your insights and your your expertise it's it's been awesome
2: it's been my honor michael and thank you for everybody that's taking the time to listen to us
1: and you guys know that of course if you're watching on youtube down whoops down there i gotta remember i'm mirrored the other way Uh, Down there is a subscribe button and there's a bell right next to it. Make sure you click on both of them so you know when we get more awesome guests like David joining us here on YouTube's Java Chat. Listening to us on any of the platforms for podcasting, download, subscribe, you know, wherever you're at. I don't care what platform you're on. Uh, If you see anything where you loved it, please share a review. If you're listening to us on anchor.fm, that's our home plate. We can use a little support too here and there feel free to drop a drop us some support on that platform um we always end these the same we really are thankful for every one of you that stops in and makes the time and takes the time to listen hopefully you've gotten a ton of value out of this so stay up stay safe stay healthy and live for myself coffee with mike and for dave hennessy
0: ciao for now For more information on Java Chat, visit www.javachatpodcast.com. You've been listening to Coffee with Mike on Java Chat. Tune in weekly to this podcast for the next episode. You can also download or subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. A production of Oasis Media Group, LLC. Located in Las Vegas, Nevada. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved. For more information on Java Chat, visit www.javachatpodcast.com. You've been listening to Coffee with Mike on Java Chat. Tune in weekly to this podcast for the next episode. You can also download or subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. A production of Oasis Media Group, LLC. Located in Las Vegas, Nevada. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.